Hi, and welcome to Highlight Ed, a podcast hosted by the New Brunswick Teachers Association, dedicated to sharing innovative teaching and learning approaches happening around the province. Information on services provided to NBTA members and the benefits of belonging to the NBTA community and trending issues related to public education in New Brunswick and beyond. Listen to the voices of empowered educators as we highlight the teaching profession and explore how they provide quality education to our students one conversation at a time. Hello, listeners. This episode is being recorded in Fredericton, New Brunswick, which is situated on the traditional unceded and unsurrendered territory of the willis people. Today I'm chatting with Shelley and Jamie Hunter. Shelley is a teacher at Carlton North High School, and Jamie teaches at Birchmont School in Moncton. We're going to highlight, through our conversation, some advice from a mother who is retiring to a daughter who is just beginning her career in education. Welcome, Shelley and Jamie. Thank you for having us. Yes, great to be here. Great. I'm, I'm really happy that you reached out for this great story of a mother and a daughter duo. So we're going to start with a little bit of your experience. So we'll start with, with Shelley. Uh, just tell our listeners what your experience is in education up to now. Okay, well, uh, I first got my math degree from Waterloo and then uh, had a, a little stint of about 10 years in IT before I realized that the IT profession didn't give you the warm and fuzzies at night. Uh, I'd always like doing uh, presentations and training, so I thought, well, we'll see. We'll go get the ed degree. Of course, I was a young mother uh, at that time, Jamie was three and my son was five. And uh, a year and a half later, I had my degree and I started teaching uh, right in Florenceville at the Florenceville Middle School. Uh, I was replacing a, a seasoned math teacher. She was doing, becoming a math lead. That's when math mentorship had started up at the districts. And so I had big shoes to fill. You bring uh, the real world into the classroom and, and make ma- math meaningful. Uh, so. That began the career. Uh, Twelve years later, I wanted to make the change to high school, so I did. But I brought those same kind of teaching techniques from middle level where uh, you're you're doing basic level, mid-range, and high-level questions on a test so that you can weight it that way and uh, a lot of exit slips and conversations and that type of thing. So I brought that to the, the high school classroom as well. And how many years have you been at the high school? Uh, about 11, so it's probably 12 years at middle level and 11 at the high school, but uh, pretty pretty even. Right. Uh, but really grade 9 is like the old grade 8, <laughs> if you go back to 2000. So. Yeah. And what about you, Jamie? So I was able, um, throughout my young experience being a up-and-coming musician. I was able to teach a little bit before I left high school, so I did a little bit of private teaching. Um, Had my mom's influence along the way, so I understood what a classroom would look like. Um, I went to Mount Allison and did a classical degree in piano, and then I went to Munn, where I was able to get a music education degree there, which I was really grateful to specialize somewhere. And I came back and quickly was able to jump into a position pre-COVID by two months. And um, I've been teaching ever since. I taught in the South and I've been teaching in my specialty area, but K to eight, which was not originally my plan. I thought I was going to be a high school teacher. 
So my experience is short in terms of uh, the public education system, but I've also had experiences facilitating and leading contemporary music. So working at Island Rock Camps for the past seven or eight summers now, based in Charlottetown, PEI. So lots of experiences teaching in and outside of the classroom. So in the public school system, you said you taught pre-COVID. So this would be your year three or year four? Going into year four. Going yeah. into year four. So Shelley, when you found out that your daughter, uh, Jamie, is going to, was going to go into the public uh, education system, what were your thoughts on that? Well, it's with a little bit of trepidation because uh, schools are definitely changing, but uh, certainly the music specialization, if she could stick into the music classroom, that's where uh, students would get the most benefit from her. And she has been able, thankfully, been able to get into the music classroom for all her contracts. And she now has a B contract, that coveted B. So oh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And Jamie, I'm sure your mom had some influence uh, on you. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, from day one, um, my mom involved me as much as possible in her teaching opportunities. I remember being in a presentation for her B-Ed. Um, I was three and my brother was five at the time. And being in French immersion in the hometown we grew up in, it was in the same school she taught in. So in the mornings and in the afternoons, I got to play school while she did fun things like emails and lesson planning that I wasn't privy to. So I just got that kind of influence along the way. And just seeing how an educator is inside and outside of the classroom. I had that every single day. So it was all I ever knew. And so when I thought about becoming an educator, I had the best picture of what it could look like because mom is so passionate for her field. She keeps it relevant always. She's consistently changing up her lessons, even with five teaching days left. She's still figuring out how to make it fun. And so I just took that as the influence moving forward and took her um, words of advice of it was probably going to come with challenges and uh, things that you can kind of only um, approach when you're in the trenches of it. And I have so much empathy now for her sacrifices and for all of the sacrifices of the teachers and educators before me. Um, and every day I'm in the classroom, I feel like I just have a little bit more. Like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful <laughs> for everyone who came before me and was able to to lead and bring that influence. But it it was kind of an easy choice because it was the space that felt the most right. Um, especially in music, you get that validation. You know, you perform and you get applause or you're able to work with a team so you can work with small ensembles or large and you kind of get this reward. But I always had the biggest fulfillment when I was coaching other people or, or helping somebody learn something new. So to combine that just made the total sense to be in education for me. Right. It sounds like you had a great role model. Absolutely. Right. We weren't sure if Jamie was going to go into education initially. I think in year three of her music degree at Mount A, she was looking at being an accompanist. Uh, so she was kind of looking down that path and getting a little bit frustrated. I think there was a course she had to take for that uh, Analytical That's, theory. <laughs> specialization, and she really hated it from day one. And we got a teary phone call, and my husband uh, said to her, he said, 
Jamie, what do you really want to do? He says, you are happy. She had a little studio when she was in grade 11 or 12 or probably both years where she had five and six-year-olds learning voice and piano. That's where she was happiest. And she says, yes, that's where I was happiest. So then uh, I think the next day she was in a elementary methods course at Mount A and loving it. So uh, that's kind of, you know, she thought she wasn't going to go into education. And then she remembered the the happiness that that brought her. So. Yeah, there's definitely a fulfillment in teaching. And it fills buckets for many of uh, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, knowing that you're making a difference. And I think there are lots of teachers out there making a difference, if not all of them are making mm-hmm. a difference in people's lives. So that's great. Uh, it's my understanding that just lately you were both presenters at Council Day. So um, I know that you have lots of wisdom to share about how how you can build community and contribute in professional learning uh, situations and, and to be a continuous learner. So let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, Jamie called me, I think it was a storm day that we all enjoyed in this province and hopefully will continue to enjoy in future years. Uh, and she was filling out the application to present it to elementary where the music strand was and she wanted my feedback on title and content and, and all that. And as she was asking me those questions, I thought, I have half a mind to present at middle level. I'd been at middle level for 12 years. I'd presented at several councils. I'd done district presentations. I'm a member of the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics and have presented at many uh, of those conferences uh, in Canada and in the United States. So I knew I had a lot to share still. And uh, the bonus, as I was thinking about perhaps I should present, was that all those resources in the boxes upstairs, I could haul to the classroom and uh, have my own little free yard sale and they would see new homes. <laughs> so I did that and uh, and I only came home with six books, which I then took to the RGMPL and gave them to a math session to take away. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so she was, she was presenting it at uh, uh, Music Council and I chose to uh, present at middle level and... Uh, it's in those venues where, as a presenter, you're sharing your ideas. You know, you are presenting them to uh, people who welcome that that uh, knowledge, welcome those resources, and um, it makes their next weeks or days or years better, and the and thus their students as well. Yeah, and Shelley, you've offered PL. Uh, often in the past, is my understanding. Yes, many, many sessions. Yeah, and now Jamie's starting. It's mm. like passing on the torch. It is the passing of the torch, and I'm so happy for her. So I was on middle-level executive uh, for three years in the 2008 to 2010 era, and uh, I was so happy to hear that the New Brunswick uh, music educators decided to reinvigor uh, their council and uh, so that they're they can lead and design their own PL. And so she's part of that executive too. And I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I know, I don't know how many years she'll be on it, but just being part of that organizational group, you make a difference. And if you're not doing it, then it, you know, it falls to people to do it. So there's not enough interested parties that doesn't get done. 
And many hands make light work. Mm -hmm. It certainly does. So, Jamie, why don't you talk about your experiences with council and any other PL that you may have given? You're you're right fresh eyes <laughs> starting out, so there there wouldn't be as much as your mom, but you definitely yeah. have some. Yeah. Well, the big thing that came forward was I wasn't originally going to be presenting, and then it kind of fell into my hand, and I said, well, why don't I just say let's do this. There's a part of being a young teacher where you feel that because you don't have the years of experience in the school system that you don't necessarily have something good to offer. Or in my case, there are people who have been doing this for decades longer than me. Would they even want to hear another perspective um, and wanting to respect those experiences of, you know, being in the K-8 classroom or in the high school music world and having this fluctuation of when things are great and when things need to rebuild. So when I was leading my session, I just felt grateful um, to have people in the room to hear something new. And, um, and I, I approached it with a contemporary classroom for music, which in my case is using, you know, rock band, which is just a fun way to say electric instruments and um, informal learning, still learning literacy and um, group playing, but just in a totally different way that we wouldn't have learned in a B music ed program, which I had just recently completed. Um, so that experience of having teachers who are in the trenches and have been for a while, taking something new, wanting my email, wanting the presentation, wanting the resources, that was really um, it was really special because it just shows that, you know, it's not this um, hierarchy of age and stage. It's we are all in this together trying to find things that work. And it's all because of our students. We want to make sure they have the most authentic experience of us and of the subject. And like you were saying, just having um, that fulfillment and, and going out with new ideas. Um, so that was my experience in the lead of it. But I've been able to be amongst um, adults who help teach kids in the rock camp that I work for and helping, I wouldn't say facilitate, but being kind of a mentor in a way to musicians who might not have the education experience of how do you describe what you're trying to tell the student to do in a way that's not hurtful. <laughs> Or in a way that's effective or being able to back up just a few more steps for them to understand what you're trying to say. So I've had experience for the last seven years with the people around me um, in, in that way. So that's kind of my professional um, learning offering so far. But I'm excited to see how else to help benefit our communities and make music more accessible, not only to um, seasoned specialists or specialists who are present in the province, but there are a lot of arts positions that are currently being um, just, they're trying their best. The, these folks who get in these positions who might not have music as their background, but trying to make something work. So being able to meet those folks where they're at, because everyone is just trying their best. So maybe that's the next step, maybe seeing how to bridge the gap for those who might not be specialized and help them feel comfortable in a music role. Yeah, with, there's so much that out there, so many experts out there that we can learn from, and we really need to use our, our internal experts. Sometimes you think about going to a conference or a workshop uh, outside of our area because you think the experts are out there, but 
But in reality, experts are in the New Brunswick classrooms there every day, and we mm -hmm. can learn from each other. So you had great mentor, Jamie. Uh, did you, Shelley, have a mentor that brought you to education? Uh, well, my first uh, my first teaching job at Florenceville Middle was for Sue Boyd Drost. Uh, she had uh, the middle school math. I think we had three grade eight math classrooms, and uh, she certainly uh, was a uh, she was leaving to become one of the first math mentors in our district. So, and she her office was was right in our school still. So it was great to be able to go to her and and say. Should a third of the students have failed the test? She goes, oh, yeah. You know, so it's just, I mean, that was a kind of a bad news scenario, but uh, she was always there for me. But I've always had ideas on, uh, like, some showers ended up being long because it's like, oh, how should I teach to adding and subtracting integers? Well, I could have a cauldron game with ice and heat, putting it in, and putting ice in, taking ice out, and and connect adding and subtracting positive and negative integers through that. So sometimes I'd realize I was in the shower a little too long if you put in the shampoo for the second time and you have uh, <laughs> suds everywhere, then it's like, okay, I've already sh shampooed my hair. Time Squeaky to get out. clean. <laughs> time to get out. Uh, but that little game, I presented at Middle Level Council again. It's it's classic. Uh, I've taught it to my nines. It's, it's just you want to connect uh, something that looks abstract is something that they understand. They understand taking out ice uh, makes the temperature go up, and uh, taking out heat makes it go down, and putting in heat makes it go up, but putting in ice makes it go down. And, and I just keep, can if you can make those connections for the kids, then they don't see math as this abstract gobbledygook, and then it might make sense for them. Uh, certainly, uh, early on, I was... A uh, member of the NCTM and reading those uh, journals every month or however often they came out, they had good ideas. And they actually had a, oh, what was it called? A math fair or something like that with all these activities already games. I would have all these math games. And I remember my classroom looked a, upon a, a, a field and I had this activity where they were measuring the, calculating the wait time of lining up in these uh, little zigzag rows that you do at Disney World or whatever. And uh, inside, I had a group making popcorn and, and making popcorn bags and calculating the surface area and volume of that. And uh, back in that time, you weren't supposed to leave your classroom unattended, but I'd be running in and out of the classroom <laughs> to check on both of these uh, activities but uh, you know so I mentorship not so much but lots of sources and resources uh, uh, for ideas and making it fun. So Jamie when you listen to your mom tell all these stories what goes through your head? I have a lot of pride. Mm -hmm. I feel very very grateful to have such a stellar example of what a classroom can look like what a teacher can look like but my mom is a little too humble um, she's influenced a lot of people and math is just kind of one of those subjects where a lot of people feel lost and she makes every effort to make it fun and approachable. And I think that's just, that's really special. That's how I feel. I also felt the opposite to you as you were saying, I didn't have too many mentors and the names are like a Rolodex in my head of, of, uh, music teachers who have, have made the impact and, 
And then, of course, you have the influences where you go, I'm never going to make someone feel like that. That kind of pop up too. But for you, mom, I just feel, I feel grateful to have that example. And um, just names of private teachers, you know, Jennifer Muir, Sharon Dyer, um, Candace Logue, Peter McLaughlin, who was my high school, public school, you know, mentor, educator. I am now a colleague with him. Uh, Andrew and Nikki Waite from Charlottetown. They really, um, I was a really, really green um, teacher going into a contemporary setting. And they have taught me everything that I know about contemporary education and methods. So just, you know, it's kind of like in the way for the arts that I just feel that it takes a village to help influence and help mentor. And maybe in the case for you, mom, maybe the village was, um, maybe you were the founder of your village and the people came to you. I don't to- think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jamie, I'm really happy you gave a shout out to all of those people because yeah. it really yeah, highlights the importance of having mentors and uh, new teachers uh, who are trying to find their way, the importance of connecting with somebody and, and mm. you know, taking their lead and finding the right people to, to And guide. I think the other thing is, is that when you're in it and you're new, you feel like, oh, man, why don't I understand all of these things? What does that acronym mean? What do you mean I have to? What does this number mean for grading? And there are all these things that you just don't know. And it can feel like a burden to reach out sometimes and ask questions. Um, but you find that when you do, when you, you, get, you get outside of yourself and just say, I need help with this. And it's less of knowledge being opened in your brain and, and, and plopped in by somebody else. But it's this collaborative, commutative effort always. And that you also can be the helpful person no matter if you're at the beginning, middle, or end of your career or whatever it might be in education. Like, we can benefit from each other if we just allow ourselves to reach out. And, you know, it's all about vulnerability. Ah, I'm not the expert in this. Ah, well, I guess I got to ask the question. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Shelly, you're almost at the end uh, of your career. You're getting ready for, for retirement. Is there one message that you would... Uh, like to share or uh, words of advice uh, to your daughter, Jamie, or any t- new teacher there starting out. We, know, we all know that there's ups and downs in education. There are some great days, but there are some days that are not so great. So what would be one last final thought? Well, I don't think there's one last final thought, but the big message is, uh, well, like you were saying, ask for help. And it's not necessarily help, but advice or questions. Like It doesn't matter... Like Jamie was saying, it doesn't matter how old you are, you you still need help. I had to teach grade nine math, grade nine science one semester, and I had not taken any science or much science in high school myself. So I figured I I had it because I took all the books out of the local library (laughs) on electricity. So I was going to have all the knowledge. But no, you just, you have to, you have to ask for help and ask for resources and share resources. I mean, I... Don't be reluctant. Don't be that teacher that keeps the stuff because you've spent three hours of your life and you think everyone should spend three other hours of their life. Uh, so we need to share stuff provincially. I, I hope somebody takes on that uh, that torch because it's sad 
to see that we wait for council day to share stuff and we need it in September. Uh, we need that. We need access to the thoughts and the ideas and the activities of people throughout the, the province. Um, COVID taught us more about sharing that stuff, uh, collaborating when after the three week of not knowing what we were doing next, uh, our math team at high school, we got together. What are we gonna? What outcomes are we gonna cover? What's our plan? Uh, so there's a lot more collaboration helping there, and I'm just so proud of Jamie. You should see this the resources she built during the the COVID times with the the videos for kindergarten and that. I mean, they could uh, they're right up there with Mr. Rogers and uh, <laughs> Sesame Street for engaging and all that. I'm sure. Uh, she says, oh, I have 60 hits. And I said, uh, well, some of them were mine. <laughs> I watched it twice. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, so as nasty as COVID was, and it's this fog still of where you have to add three years to your memories, you know, maybe we could get back to that collaborative piece and, and, and sharing and, and that. Yeah, the importance of continuous learning and continuous sharing. It's uh, it's interesting to listen to the two of you because it seems like you inspire each other, uh, which, is, which is really <laughs> nice, really nice. That's sweet. So I want to congratulate you, Shelley, on Thank your upcoming you. retirement. And I would suggest if people are out there and they're planning on retiring, plan in September. You will enjoy every day of your last year because it's your last first week of school. It's your last parent-teacher. And there's, it's just joyful. It's still hard work, but it, there's joy uh, every day, every week, every month. And now it's the last month. Sure. And Jamie, congratulations again on your B. And I hope you, you have a, a great career. Uh, there's a long road ahead, but uh, it seems like you have lots of tools in, in your toolbox to, to make you very successful. So mm -hmm. congratulations on that as well. well. Thank you. And if I need to reach out, someone... Uh, Someone has some free time on their hands. I might get, be getting three phone calls a day. Schedule me in, Mom. Great. It was great chatting with both of you. Thanks, Don. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Highlight Ed. If you know of an inspiring New Brunswick teacher that would make a great guest on one of our episodes, please let us know. Don't forget to hit follow to not miss out on our future podcasts. Stay well and remember... Teachers do make a difference.